Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is across from me. Can I get out of this tent oh. now? <laughs> Boy, we've been in green for over no. a week. <laughs> no, you got to stay in there. Sorry, buddy. You may turn the nitrogen on. Do not turn the oxygen on just but I yet. I need the oxygen. Well, we're almost out, so we're going <laughs> to try to save it for the rest of the week. So Then I want to move out of here. <laughs> no, you stay in there and shush. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com uh, throughout the next uh, 10 to 15 minutes. If you wish to contact us, email us at onthemark.com and text us at 70236. We encourage you at all times and all places to visit sunburymotors.com to see their entire Ford, uh, Lincoln, Kia, and Hyundai inventory. They got tons of brand new vehicles soon. Within a month, they're going to have a new Ford Bronco down there. Maybe I'll get that instead of my Ranger. I got that all picked out and tricked out, but uh, those Broncos look good too, and they'll be there shortly at the Sunbury Motor Company. They also have tons of pre owned inventory. Uh, they got hundreds of vehicles that are literally in perfect condition and with low mileage and uh, all the no, no scratches, no dents, and no dilemmas, no hidden secrets. Uh, these are pre owned vehicles that have been through a 200-point check and are ready to go back out on the road. Select your perfect vehicle online. Purchase it online right from your home. And now that they're in the green in Sunbury, they can also do some in-person sales, and that will be done with masking and social distancing. So it's an opportunity for you to save a buck and get a fabulous deal, just as folks have been doing for more than a century. I kid you not, for more than a century, you can save a lot of money at the Sunbury Motor Company, and they would just love to do business with you. Start out that process by going to sunburymotors.com. It's an opportunity for you to do yourself a favor and save a lot of money on your next vehicle. We're ready to launch into open phones a little bit later on, but first uh, we have Jason Bendel, Superintendent of Shikolami School District on the line. We want to talk about uh, how the school's going to look, probably a little bit different this fall. Good morning, Dr. Bendel. Morning. How are you? We are. Joe's not too good, but I'm doing just fine. I didn't turn his oxygen on today. He's almost out of oxygen in his little protection tent there. So I'm trying to parse it out through the rest of the week. So he's a little peaked, but he'll be okay. All right. right. So uh, uh, status of Shikolami School District. We're approaching the start of a new budget and your start of a new school year. Uh, Give us a turnaround tour of what's happening at Shikolami right now. So if, if I could start off by telling the community and parents to relax, uh, we're going to be building multiple plans. We want to get kids back to school next year, but we want to do it safely. Uh, we've been working with Geisinger throughout the process, and we're forming a group of local school leaders to continue discussion. Uh, we're fortunate to have the local health care system like Geisinger to serve in an advisory capacity to offer expertise and support as we look to plan to reopen. 
Um, our plans will continue to be developed throughout the summer and we'll constantly be updating our plans as new information arises. We're going to follow uh, the guidelines on the CDC. We're going to follow advice from Geisinger. Uh, and we're going to look at the guidance from our state government. Um, so everybody needs to relax. Uh, we're going to add, we're going to have multiple plans uh, as far as what school will look like next year. But I don't think any of us know. Uh, and I think a lot of this is beyond our control. Uh, but we're going to be ready. I'm curious, Dr. Bendel, about how you will handle the kids who didn't get to finish what they started this year. Obviously, the the seniors graduated, but what about the kids who are transitioning, let's say, from fifth, uh, from intermediate school to middle school or from middle school to high school? How will you handle that? Yeah, I mean, we're, we understand that we're going to have to start kind of where we left off and do a period of review. Uh, we're planning to do that. Um, but not, not, no, nobody's really uh, was ready for what happened, uh, and we're going to have to handle it the best we can. So uh, there's only so much time in a day, but we're going to meet kids where they're at, and we're going to move forward academically. Now, you have told us in a previous interview that you hear from parents, and parents are uh, expressing concerns or worried. How do you know the sentiment of parents, and what are you hearing? Well, one thing that we're currently doing, we're developing a survey for the community, for parents, and we're going to be looking at multiple things through that survey. That survey will be finalized this week. Uh, we'll be looking to release that next week. Uh, we're going to be looking at multiple things. Uh, do try to get a better understanding of Internet access or Internet reliability at homes. Uh, we're going to look at uh, comfort level as far as uh, parents with returning to school. Um, so we're going to really judge that on our survey uh, and then go from there. And what might, is there anything you know the district uh, classrooms and, and students will look like? Some things that are just a given that are already decided as kids head back in the fall. So, you know, currently the CDC has guidelines out. Um, I think those guidelines will change throughout the summer. Uh, but we're going to be ready for it. And, and realistically, what we're building is multiple plans. We're building a completely um, uh, normal-looking school year with safety plans built in, uh, with kids in the building. We're building a 100% uh, virtual uh, uh, environment where kids would be learning from home, and we're going to build a hybrid. But I really don't think we can, can decide what the year is going to look like because I think we need to watch what the next weeks and months uh, look like as the state reopens. Are you planning on starting any earlier to do that catch-up? We're, we're in conversations about that. We haven't made any final decisions on that. I know some school districts are looking at starting earlier. We haven't taken that approach yet, uh, but everything's on the table. Well, some districts have talked about half days to keep down the number of kids in the building. Are you considering anything like that? Absolutely. That will be one of our uh, multiple plans that we develop. Um, and, you know, realistically, like I said, everything's on the table. So we're looking at half days. We're looking at uh, uh, days where some kids would be in, some kids would not be in. Uh, but I think we need to look at what does the next few weeks look like? What does the next few months look like? We want to get kids back. We want to get kids in the building, but we want to do it safely. Well, with the little kids in particular, let's just be polite and say they're not always the neatest creatures on the face of the earth. How will you go about keeping them clean <laughs> and sanitized? Yep. 
So we uh, yesterday we met with our provider as far as uh, cleaning supplies and things like that, and we're going to utilize best practice, and that's part of our plans that we're developing, and how to do that safely, how to do deep cleanings, how to do cleanings, uh, you know, during the day. So we may have to shift some some custodial staff around and bring people in during the day where they would typically be working at night. Uh, but we're going to develop. Um, safety protocols in every different plan that we build. I guess I'm going back a minute to my question about half days versus full days. If you would opt for something like half days, and you mentioned you're working on uh, comfort levels and Internet access, would the rest of the half day be involved with remote learning for the kids at home in order to give them a full day of education? Well, I think that has to be considered. I think that getting kids in for a half day, um, to me, we can't get everything that we need to accomplish done in that half day. So. Uh, in that model, uh, you know, we would have to look at some kind of hybrid model where some learning would take place at home. Uh, but we really want to get kids in the building. But we want to, I mean, so much of this is beyond our control, and, and the virus is, 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 is controlling this, not, not us. So um, go ahead. Well, it used to be if you feed a kid, you can count it as a day. How are you going to work that now? <laughs> are, well, will there I be lunches and food for the kids? Yeah, I think the what you just said there is a misconception. Uh, feeding the kid doesn't count the day. It actually goes by if there's actually instruction that takes place. But we're going to look at the state to give us guidance on what a school day looks like. How many hours does a school day look? And I know there's discussions going on at the state level that involve that. But realistically, I want kids to have a full day of, of education. So how can we do that? I want kids in the building. Uh, you know, but we got to do it safely. So, um, you know, that's the primary goal is to get kids in the building. Uh, but can we do that? And then if we if we can't do that, can we do some kind of hybrid model? Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. How can you plan for the fall when you need to have six plans and four options? <laughs> I mean, honestly. This is the summer of planning. So... Uh, you know, I think that we're going to probably be over planning, uh, but I think we need to be ready. So that's kind of the, the situation that we're in, uh, and that's our job. So we're going to, like I said, have multiple plans, um, but hopefully we can get kids back to some type of normalcy. But realistically, a lot of that is out of our control. Well, with so many people out of work and so much upheaval in the country, obviously finances in the school district are going to take some kind of a hit. I, I'm sure that's adding to your um, your difficulties right now. Have you Do you have any feel for what the financial situation of the district will be like in the coming year? Yeah, we, we started the year at a $2.7 million deficit. Tonight we have our voting meeting where uh, the final budget will be up for vote, and it's it's right around a $2 million deficit. Um, the district had to make really tough decisions to get to that point, and COVID has really complicated the financial situation of school districts. I think uh, COVID has accounted at least for a uh, half million dollars of that. So, uh, you know, we, we're gonna be okay. We have, uh, we have a healthy fund balance that the, the board has um, committed to take more out of this year than other years, but we have a long road ahead of us, and we're going to have to address the financial situation of the district uh, in the years to come, uh, and we have a long-term plan to do that. Is this going to be a tax increase budget one way or another? So we have a zero tax uh, built into this year's budget. Um, the, the board felt with the current situation 
uh, that people were dealing with, and you had mentioned earlier about so many Americans unemployed, we felt that we needed to have a zero uh, tax increase this current school year. What about uh, the, uh, some folks said, well, geez, you weren't in class half the spring, so you didn't have the lights on, you may may not need quite as much HVAC and no busing. Uh, Were there any slight savings by not having classes uh, for a month and a half in the spring? So so I would encourage anybody that feels that way to look at Act 13. (coughs) Act 13 was passed by our state government, which required school districts to pay all employees to keep up with all contracts. Uh, our bus company was willing to negotiate uh, uh, and take a little bit of a decrease because of no fuel costs. So there was a slight savings there, approximately $10,000 a month while we were closed. And you said we had, you know, the lights off. But with that being said, we've had probably double the cost of uh, cleaning supplies, of, of different things that were un, unbudgeted expenses due to COVID that this our district didn't save us a penny uh, and probably spent more than we typically would have. And all these options that you're considering, obviously they're not all, all going to be relatively level with respect to costs. For example, if you go with half days, I suspect busing would be a much more expensive since you'd have two trips instead of one. Um, you'd have buses on the road most of the day. How's that going to impact you? Well, uh, once again, we're going to look at the state. The state has talked about this but has provided no guidance up to this point that if, if we're held to the CDC standards with, you know, a kid every other bus, uh, every other seat, uh, what will that look like? So uh, I think the state's got to come out with uh, how they're going to fund that and, and go from there. But uh, we're going we're gonna to plan on, you know, how can we get kids in front of teachers because I think that's extremely important. And I think it's extremely important for our community. Um, you know, so much of this has impacted people's ability to go to work when they have their kids at home. Well, social distancing is awfully hard to maintain in a classroom because so much of what you do with kids is interactive. Uh, and on buses, how are you ever going to maintain that? Are you going to require the kids to wear masks? Yeah, currently what um, what the plan that was released from the governor states is that kids, uh, we need to keep a six-foot distance. Uh, this is in places such as classroom, hallway, lunchroom. So that's a challenge, and we're in the planning process of that. Um, but and it also requires staff and students to wear masks so we're gonna have to follow the CDC guidelines I think we'll see changes throughout the summer on some of these things but again that's why we're planning multiple multiple plans to get to a reopening phase some of our listeners wonder how much teaching actually took place in the spring after mid-March give us some sort of sense of how much of schooling the kids underwent how much teaching the teachers were doing well, I, I think our staff did a, an excellent job at providing opportunities for learning. I think some of this has to do with uh, work kids actually engaging, work kids coming into the virtual classrooms. Uh, I encourage parents throughout the entire process to you know, get kids to be engaged, get kids to do their schoolwork. So I think 
I'm looking at that as a team approach. How did we do as a community uh, together in that topic? But it it was a challenge. No school district was ready for it. But I think Shikalimi did an excellent job, and I'm proud of the work we did through that time. So was there no spring slide? We know about the summer slide where knowledge kind of tapers off a little bit. But was there a spring slide? Well, I think that's yet to be determined. And like I said earlier, uh, when kids come back, we're going to meet kids where they're at, and we're going to uh, move forward academically. We we understand there probably was somewhat of a spring slide, uh, but you know, let's get back into the classroom the best we can and and, and move forward. And with all that being said, we're also planning that if we are in some type of virtual environment or if the schools reopen and need to shut down again. We're going to continue to do a better and better job at what that virtual learning looks like. So um, I think, you know, if hopefully we won't have round two, but if we have round two, I want to do even a better job than what we did the first go. Well, you mentioned the survey that you're going to do, talking to the parents about the comfort level. Um, Suppose you find that a lot of parents are not comfortable with kids. Are you going to have like a one-size-fits-all, or are you going to have contingency plans that would let the kid from a family who uh, maybe is a little more concerned than another family about them being out? Are you going to have a different plan for each kid? So what we're currently working on, we have a 6 through 12 virtual academy where any kid can go to our virtual academy and do their learning remotely. We're going to be expanding that to a K to five virtual program. So we will have an option for families that have that are not comfortable. Uh, we'll have a K through 12 virtual program that, that kids uh, and families can utilize uh, as they see fit. When we last spoke, uh, maybe about three weeks ago, we talked about a lack of Internet connectivity, that there were still kids in rural areas that didn't have Internet, high-speed Internet, and had to go to hotspots and so on to do their learning. Uh, Any status change there, one of your plans is more offline or online learning, and, you know, the connectivity remains an issue. So we've been very fortunate over the last several weeks that we have gotten uh, different donations uh, to help with that exact topic. Uh, the, the CARES Act money, we have built in a hotspot for that particular uh, topic as well. So we, we want to support families but with, with making sure that they have Internet access at home. Uh, but that's why it's so important for, for people to fill out the survey that's going to go out next week um, so that we can get real data on, on who has Internet and who doesn't. Are you expecting any difference in the way kids act or behave coming back? I mean, many of them have been imposed or have had a, uh, a form of a quarantine imposed on them. They haven't been out. They haven't been able to go out. You know, are you worried about the socialization aspects of the kids and, and how that might have changed during the pandemic? Well, I, I, to a certain extent, I think kids are just ready to get back to some type of normalcy. So we're going to support kids like we always do if any kids need an extra level of support. Um, but I, I think kids are, in a way, kids are kids, and kids are ready to get back to some type of normalcy, and we're hoping to be able to do that come come August. My last question, anybody else give a little on the budgeting? You mentioned there's busing company uh, charge a little less based on their contract. Anybody else give a little? Teachers give a little. Anybody else give a little? 
Well, our administrative staff came up with a $35,000 donation that um, uh, we gave back to the district. We utilized that to bring uh, a position back that was cut, so I'm really proud of that. Uh, and we will continue to look at uh, uh, other avenues as far as, um, as that goes. All right. Well, thank you. Keep well, before you before you oh, go, yeah. is there anything we haven't asked you that you wanted to put out there for the community to be aware of? Well, I think the one thing that's going on uh, nationally right now is, is the, the social unrest. Um, and I really believe that schools are the spot that can really make an impact with today's youth on that topic. I believe that everyone can learn from other cultures and learn from other cultures. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm engaging in conversations with local leaders uh, who can aid the district with this topic, and we're going to look at enhancing our staff trainings, enhancing our, our uh, areas of curriculum where we can address topics of equality. Um, so that's, I, I, I wanted to mention that as well. Can you discipline kids who produce uh, unsavory material during the summer? Well, you discipline uh, the law states that if it uh, causes a disruption in school or school activities, you can. Um, Some things, and you've seen uh, other schools make the comment that certain things are protected from uh, uh, First Amendment. Uh, But realistically, uh, the things that you're talking about here, um, they don't stand for, uh, they're against what, what the district stands for. I, schools stand for equality. Schools uh, look at every child uh, to give every child the same opportunities. Uh, and I really think schools are the place where we can, can gain ground in this topic. All right. Well, and Shikolami is a diverse district. We're glad to say so uh, and getting better. So thank you so much. Uh, yes, thank you so much, Jason. Jason. Very much appreciated. Thanks for checking in. We'll talk to you in a month and find out uh, as we're starting to head towards uh, August. And, thank you, and sir. And good luck with your planning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Take Appreciate care. That. Dr. Jason Bendel, superintendent of Shikolami School District, uh, came back to Shikolami and uh, became the superintendent in a year like no other in, in a lot lot of ways. Budget deficits, of course, that was sort of an organic thing that was developing. That I think they're used to. The rest of the stuff is brand new. Well, and then COVID. Okay, and more expenses associated with COVID. You know, I'm I'm one of the... lay people around here think, oh my gosh, they must be saving a fortune, you know, on buses. They don't have the lights on and no busing, but as he explained, it really just doesn't work that way. And one of our good listeners who's a contractor says, Mark, 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 you can't turn down the HVAC in a building. That doesn't work either. You don't want the pipes to freeze in the winter or the well, the mold mildew in the mold in the summer. In the summer right? yeah. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. It'll be a speedy caller that will get through. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one hundred years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, Mark Lawrence here. Mr. Joe McGranahan is here. Hard to imagine what schools will look like come the fall. All that planning they have to do, and then they're not sure because the state hasn't told them what it's going to look like. It seems to me that they're the state's letting the school districts hang out there when they should be saying, this is what you need to do, and give us a straight answer now so that we're all planning on the same page. I mean, I feel sorry for the amount of work the administrators are going to have to do without any guidance from the state about what the new year's going to look like. Yeah, but you don't want to do it the old way where you have the Department of Education just says, okay, you have to have social distancing and masking, you have to do this, you have to do that, only to find out that uh, we've so badly crushed the curve that COVID is really kept under control around here. You don't want to over plan. I think that's why I think the parent survey is going to have a lot to say about but this. But can you imagine school with everybody wearing masks? That's what it's going to sound like. The teachers are not going to be able to be heard. You know, how yeah. do you? You and I have spoken right. through masks. It's not exactly the clearest thing. <laughs> well, you can't hear anyway. So. Which is why I can hear perfectly every every word you say. I just ignore you most of the time. Yeah, I heard you there. Right? Did I? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, I don't think so. But you know, I would I would think that it it would it would really behoove the state to come up with some definite guidelines, things they want, and get them out oh, well, there they'll now. Have guidance in the, in the months. But when ahead. the months ahead, Mark, this is June. August is right around the corner. I think you're being very impatient. Well, I'm being very realistic. There's a lot of planning. How, think, stop and think about You ask about money, or we ask Dr. Bendel about money. How much money is all this planning taking? Because they don't know which way they're going to have to go. So, I mean, if the state gave them clear guidance and said, this is what we want the school year to look like, then the amount of planning they have to do would be cut down, and they could allocate resources instead of spending money to plan and plan and plan for something that may never happen. Stand down. I don't know what you're smoking or drinking. (laughs) The governor coined that phrase today in his interview, so we're going to have to use it. Well, the governor's now insulting people, is he? Well, he doesn't know what the legislature... I'll I'll play this at... uh, Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing it. During the 9 a.m. hour. We just had this interview on the air during sunrise, but uh, told the interviewer, since the legislature thinks this uh, this resolution 836 is the end all, and that it's now over, that all the governor's things, the governor says, well, he doesn't know what they're smoking or drinking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have that excerpt coming up. Very insulting. We are going to have an hour of open phones, so we would invite you to call us. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six texts and emails pending, so we're going to read those on the radio. And we're going to have another excerpt of the governor's remarks, which means we're going to lose more listeners. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me. We got our brand new masks from Denise Haddon. They say WKOK on them, so we're going to post that on our Facebook page very shortly. As soon as Joe figures out how to use his phone to send me the picture he took of his selfie. I just sent it to you. Did you? Yes. Check your email. (laughs) It's still not there. As the president said of the governor of uh, Washington, a report you're a stiff. A stiff. Oh, am I? Okay. He's, he calls a lot of people. Who else did Oh, he just called Colin Powell a stiff. That's right. Oh, well, a lot that of must be his new word. Stiff. The stiff well, of the yeah, if you don't agree with him. You're a stiff. Half the country's a stiff. <laughs> anyway, on the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check him out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. That's, are you okay, buddy? Yeah, it's hard. A little indigestion. Oh, is Clearly. one <laughs> No, it's something on my phone. I figured. Sorry. 1-800-795-9565. Now, we had Dr. Jason Bendel on earlier, superintendent of the Shikolami School District. If you'd like to remark or enhance or uh, uh, refute, I suppose, anything he said, you can uh, call in and let us know those good opinions. Uh, we've had a lot of things in the news lately. We had uh, Dr. Terry Madano on yesterday talking about media bias. A lot of folks uh, sent us notes about those. We'll read that on the radio. Talking about the big difference between an MSNBC or a Fox News and uh, couldn't really name anybody that's 100% objective. That's a little bit disappointing, but uh, we can talk about that. Of course, we have the COVID-19 pandemic still going on. We have uh, the president (laughs) <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to uh, good good talk discussion. So we'd love to hear from you today. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We do have uh, some texts and emails. We'll read those momentarily. Some brief news headlines here. It was a New York State man who was killed Monday morning on Route 487 in Columbia County. The collision led to four people being treated at the hospital. 62-year-old William Garris Sr. of New York State died in that crash in Columbia County. He was driving around noon on Route 487. Ran into the car of Bridget Kingston of Bloomsburg. Kingston and a passenger were injured. Carly Ann Bingaman of Catawissa was in fair condition. Kingston, along with William Garris Jr. of Berwick and Paula Martin of Elmira, are all in critical condition. At Geisinger, a section of Route 47 was closed for a time. Lewisburg Borough Office once again open to the public by appointment only, the borough tells us. They reopen Monday for people who need to meet the staff or meet with staff. The public can schedule their appointment by calling ahead. The brush and mulch piles are open this Saturday starting at 8 a.m. After this week, not tomorrow, but after this week, uh, they'll also be open Wednesdays from 8 to 4, the brush and mulch piles. Borough Recycling Center will only be open on Wednesdays from 8 to 4 until further notice. Uh, No Saturday recycling hours are scheduled in Lewisburg. It's the Economy stupid, so did not say Dr. G. Terry Madonna yesterday, but he did say that it is going to be part of the pivotal deciders that will help the president uh, claw back and get reelected. If the economy rebounds and there's no other outside activities going on that could affect the, the campaign in a big way, I think that's probably the, his best shot to get uh, reelected. 
Dr. Madonna said he'll continue monitoring the polling as the presidential election years were still months away. And, of course, most importantly will be what the Electoral College does. And he says that's a little bit harder to sample. Nearly a dozen new COVID-19 cases popped up in the Valley. Four in Northumberland County, five in Union County, one in Montauk County, and one in Snyder County. Uh, Northumberland County now has 228 positive test uh, residents of Northumberland County. Uh, we have all the latest numbers posted at WDKOK.com. In Snyder County, deadline to pay local property taxes has been extended. The county and local municipalities passed resolutions to allow residents to pay their property taxes, just property taxes, by September 30th. Uh, you still have to pay your per capita taxes on time. Two bills in Harrisburg to change how police are hired and trained are moving ahead in the state legislature. Uh, one of the House committees yesterday voted to mandate thorough background checks for law enforcement officers and require an applicant's former employer to provide information on job history. The committee also approved a measure that would mandate training on how to interact with people of various racial, ethnic, and economic backgrounds. And finally, Joe loves bringing down statues. Here's another one. A statue honor. Oh, goody. <laughs> <laughs> a statue honoring the man who laid claim to the land that sparked the California gold rush has been removed outside a hospital bearing his name in the state capitol. Several dozen people cheered Monday as a work crew lifted the statue of... Go ahead, read it. I'm not. I'm not oh, certain. John no. Sutter. Oh, Sutter. Okay, Sutter's Mill. All right. Right. Off well, his, what did he do? Off its pedestal outside Sutter Medical Center in Sacramento, Sutter was a 19th-century European colonizer of California who enslaved Native Americans across the U.S. and Europe. Statues of Confederate officers and colonial figures, including Christopher Columbus. He's not a colonial figure, though. He's just no, uh, he's not a colon- explorer. <laughs> he didn't even discover America. Well, he discovered an America, I guess, if you consider sort of everything over it. Discovered some islands in North America. There you go. <laughs> it doesn't sound as, as tricky in the history books when you say it that way. Anyway, those statues are being toppled, sometimes forcibly by protesters, as the uproar over racism spreads after the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Are you happy now? You got another statue down. Well, you know, this is getting ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. The one in Boston is the one that really gets me. The one of uh, Abraham Lincoln. Um, oh, we didn't talk about this. No, we didn't. Uh, Abraham Lincoln standing and a slave kneeling at his feet, you know, in thanks and suppli- not necessarily supplication, but in thanks. And, you know, they're saying, oh, this is terrible. This black man is kneeling. Why isn't he standing if he's free? All I'd ask people to do is read the, the, read the story of Lincoln's arrival in Atlanta after General Lee surrendered. And the black people there, the way they treated him, they looked up to him with adulation, almost as if he were a god. So while it may not be correct in today's world to have someone kneeling in front of another person, that is the way the black people at the time, many of them, felt about President Lincoln. So the statue was historically correct. You know, many people did, uh, the black people did adulate, give him a great deal of adulation for what he did. They believed that they owed him their freedom. But this has, the, because the uh, the slave is still chained and No, kneeling. no, he's not chained. He's oh, just okay. kneeling in front of the president. Not chained? No. Okay, well, one description's false then on AP. So well, the, one I, the story I heard that was, that it was that it was, he was kneeling. But that was it. He was freed. Unless okay. they were—I can't imagine the change would be there unless Lincoln would break them because 
there would be no reason for them to bow to him as slaves or to offer him any adulation. It's because he set them free and took their chains away mm-hmm, that they felt mm-hmm, that way mm-hmm, about him. Mm-hmm. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, let's uh, do some emails here, Joe. Upper right-hand okay. corner, if you would. It says, I watch Fox News and have done so for a number of years, and I know that if Dan made his list and I made my list of people we do not think are Trump supporters, on Fox the list would match. Thank you, guys. Uh, have a really great day. I always enjoy your show, whether I'm on the road or at home. All right, and this one. Too. And then Glenda, we didn't get to Glenda's email yesterday. She said, good morning in response to Dan's call. I did not vote for Trump. Or I did vote for Trump, rather, excuse me, in the previous election. However, I will not be voting for him again. His immigration policies are horrible, and he does not know how to conduct himself in a presidential manner. He is dividing this country and will not receive my vote. So there, Dan, you now know several people who are not going to vote for President Trump now who voted for him the last time. And you can't say you don't know anybody because we just introduced you to two people. <laughs> uh, you got me, Joe. You got me there good. And, and I'll, I'll eat crow a little bit. Okay. But despite despite the, the people that say that, there's a lot of people changed their mind are going to vote for Trump this time that didn't the other time. And I, you said it's hard to tell someone's position like Terry Madonna. I can tell his position by just the way he talks about Trump. He's no Trumper by any means. <laughs> his poster, his, the way he does his polls, he's claw back. Now, let's think about this. Well, that's my, that's my term, the, not his. I use that term. Yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma, right out there, they're having a rally Saturday. 22,000 people can seat in the arena. But late last evening, they have all, almost a million people signed up to go to that rally. Does that look like President Trump's struggling for support? I don't say that he has struggled filling a hall. That has never been his weak point. That's one of his strong points, so that's why he's so glad to back on, get back on the road. But all the national polls show him behind. That was our topic of conversation, not if he could fill a, a concert venue. Uh, that's never been in doubt, or a stadium, or whatever it is. I'd like to know you know, Herbert Hoover could have probably filled a stadium, too, in 1932. <laughs> Who Small. would? Herbert Hoover could have probably filled a stadium, too, but he lost rather badly. I mean, there are always people that are going to support somebody, and they are likely to show up. I mean, that's not indicative of whether or not he'll win the country. It just means a lot of people are willing to come see the president of the United States. Well, you take now, you take Biden. If he would be out on the road, how many people do you think he could... How many people would come to see a rally by pre- by Vice President Biden? Well, considering the other day when he was giving a little talk, he said he was beginning to bore himself. Maybe not many. <laughs> That's it. If you even if you don't like Trump especially, you go to a rally and hear his enthusiasm for the United States of America, for the capitalist system, for God, for the whole works, you can't help but like him. But people decide 
they're not going to like him and they're not going to support him. But if you see what he's doing for our country, what he's been through, I dearly admire the man for what he's been through with the press. And and even with, you talk about Fox News, they're, they're not in the tank at all for Trump. You listen <laughs> to him. Juan Williams, he has no time for Trump. And he's on every evening, five to six. Well, they do bring on some opposing viewpoints. Uh, Nobody said, like, it's it's all Trump all the time. But look at MSNB. Look at them. They're 100% in the tank. If they do get a, they might get a token. I say a token conservative one. Same with public TV. I watch PBS News just now and then. People can say, "Well, I'm not biased," and I, and they might have a token conservative on, like David Brooks. He's the token conservative on public TV. News. Yeah, but don't you think you're just observing the world through your ultra conservative glasses and Joe's Fox funnels? Do you ever consider the fact that if it isn't ultra conservative, it's not good for you, and so you don't like it? You wouldn't recognize what? objectivity if you saw it. Oh, my goodness. Well, the thing <laughs> is, I observe truth, and when they're feeding me a line of propaganda, then I know it's very biased. It, it just, just because you might have a conservative viewpoint doesn't mean you're wrong. It, like, they get all bent out of shape on the all the 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 deaths that been occurring but they never worry one bit about the 700,000 deaths that we do every year through abortion they don't even they don't even mention them deaths as being important at all we're supposed to be 100% concerned about the deaths that they want you to be concerned about. Where people on the conservative side, we're worried about all deaths, not just not just the ones that they bring up, which are important. Every death including, is an issue. Including capital punishment, Dan? You, you, yeah, oppose, you oppose that? I'm very, I tell you what. You oppose it? I'm, I, I'm concerned about the way they, they've... Uh, use capital punishment because a lot of innocent people were were done in by capital punishment and as they redo these tri- these trials that were done with DNA evidence the evidence goes to show they were wrongly convicted by overzealous pos- prosecutors which is very concerning i believe it's proper to have a moratorium now on capital punishment because of overzealous prosecutors. Normally, I'm not a, I'm not totally against capital punishment. You can deem your what your life useless by what you do once you're past the age of innocence. You can to destroy your own life on worthy 
of breathing God's air. I right. believe that. <clears throat> I'm not against capital punishment oh, per se, but the way the prosecutors handle it in the last, however, innocent manner were on death row and they found innocent. So All we right, have we to take have a, a moratorium. Okay, thanks. That. Thank Dan, you so much, roll. Dan. Take care. Okay, good talking with you. Take care. Vote Trump. Right. <laughs> Early and often. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, uh, Dan, our good conservative. Uh, President Trump supporter through and through. What's your reaction to that, folks? Give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. Is it possible that if you are conservative, everything that isn't conservative looks liberal? Or likewise, if you're ultra-liberal, if you think MSNBC is the network of choice, is it possible that everything else you look at looks ultra-conservative? I know this to be true. What's your view? 1-800-795-9565. Media bias. Bobby, stand by. We're going to get your viewpoint in a minute. When it comes to car buying, yeah, there's the other way. guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. You don't report the truth. We all talk I'm about liberal media. media. And Robert's, Robert's call is about media bias, so maybe he has something to chime in Just on here. Just to show you that people, if, if you don't report things precisely how they want it, yesterday we, Route 487 was blocked for a while, so we did put that on Facebook, and <laughs> somebody commented, typical media bias. Why? It's, it said PennDOT reports Route 487 is closed because of a traffic fatality that occurred over the noon hour in Columbia County. The road will be closed for several hours. And <laughs> the comment was typical media bias. Well, how is that media bias? I asked. I did reply. I haven't heard back yet. I, said, I can imagine not. I, don't think, I think because you know, we said that the driver went off the right side of the road and hit the guardrail. Well, you know, this morning, uh, that tragedy in Atlanta where they, the, you know, I assume we've all seen the video of the man being shot, running away from the police, but turning around and firing a taser or appeared to fire a taser at them and this morning uh, they released the 911 call and Fox mm. did put it on and they, the woman who called from I guess the manager of the Wendy's that subsequently got burned down uh, said the man is sitting in the middle of our, our drive through in the middle of our drive through his car is stopped and he is I can't wake him up mm-hmm. and the, so she called the police but this morning when Morning Joe was talking about it he said the poor man was just sitting in the middle of the parking lot 
you know, just that's a kind of insidious little change in a story. You know, why would somebody call because a man was in the middle of a parking lot? You really wouldn't. You would call if he was blocking your drive-through. I mean, right, the restaurant called. And people you know, were going so the, around him, right? I don't know how they, uh, maybe they weren't getting around him. Maybe that was the problem. But in any event, Ben, you could hear the concern of the woman who called. Um, so you just found out that MSNBC has a bias, huh? No, but I'm just saying, this is how you can take a little fact like that, and for somebody who's never heard it before, they think, well, why would they call the police on a poor man just sitting in the middle of, you know, sitting in their parking lot? But he wasn't. He was sitting in the drive-thru blocking it. Well, is there anyone objective? Does anybody just report facts with no objectivity or no uh, yeah, adjectives? And Walter Cronkite, but he died a few years back. Mm. Okay. And I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, uh, growing up in news, when I was taught, when I, I don't know how you were taught, but I was taught to take somebody from the network and emulate their style, you know, to try and model yourself after them when doing news. And I took Chet Huntley because I thought he was fair and honest. And at the time, I was at an NBC affiliate, so I could hear him fairly regularly, you know. And and I think that's a, that's the kind of media I grew up on. The great reporters who came up with CBS with. Um, um, oh, Walter Cronkite, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people in uh, World War II, the Richard correspondents. Richard C. Hodlett. Richard C. Hodlett, right. Uh, there were so many. Christopher gra- Glenn. On NBC, Edwin Newman, you know, there were just some great journalists. And I don't, they may have had an agenda, but I never perceived it. I never did. You know, and then Edward R. Murrow was certainly the gold standard, how he took on Joe McCarthy. He had an opinion, but he presented it in such a way that people could draw their own conclusions. You know, well, it's like 60 Minutes today. A lot of times I mean, the CBS may have a liberal bent, but often they just ask questions and ask, ask, ask. There's no, there's no apparent bias in the questioning or what they present. Well, you can ask a biased question if you give someone the opportunity to answer it. To that end, upper right-hand corner? Right. Uh, your, your guest was spot on. Learn to see opposite viewpoints. I haven't watched network news in decades as it's too polarized. Instead, I read all points of view. It seems at one time the news was neutral and presented both sides of a controversial issue. However, I found that in 1987 the FCC eliminated the fair, fair doctrine. They mean the fairness doctrine. Yeah, they did. That's... I always liked the fairness doctrine because it, it, it just codified what we always believed in here, that treat people fairly. Anyway, she said, as one great broadcast journalist would state, and that's the way it is. And that yeah. was who? One of our listeners sends us a note says, if you'd like objective national reporting, global reporting, subscribe to the Financial Times of London. <laughs> they report objectively. I've heard that BBC reports objectively, too, but oh, I don't okay. watch them. So, All right. Uh, Bobby, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Bobby, are you? Oh, i got to push the button again. Bobby, you go right ahead. Okay, uh, I'm going to say good morning, everyone. And uh, I was trained the, the same way Joe was. Uh, I, I'm going to say, the, you know, to put a basic story together, I don't care if it's a newspaper or radio, TV, or what, was the who, what, when, where, why, and that was the basis of the story. And then, uh, and then go from there. But I mean, I, even when I worked at WKOK, when I first started in broadcasting, there was only CBS Radio Network, well, CBS, NBC, ABC, PBS, and then as far as the wire service, there was UPI or AP, and that was it. And uh, uh, just the, the basic sources of information uh, were a lot simpler and a lot less. And I think the basic concept, and like I say, I, I, I learned how to write a news story like Joe, just basic information. And then looking at Walter Cronkite and all that, 
and that they were the basic examples. And, and, and then when they deregulated in 1987, uh, I'm going to say more of the biasing started. Well, but Joe is an objective, though. Even when he started writing news stories 50 years ago, he would say the Republicans swept the elections fortunately and the hapless Democrats won one seat. So even then, it was... You know nothing of my works. <laughs> had, a, had a twist. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thanks for waiting, uh, too. Uh, Joe, start here, and then you're going to go here, and then here. All right, this goes back to our conversation with Dr. Bendel. Does it surprise you that the state is giving no guidance for schools? They make dictates, but have given no guidance since the beginning of this mess on how businesses or schools are to comply with these dictates. I guess fly by the seat of your pants is the answer, and hope the state is happy with the efforts. Okay, so um, that also is underscored by the fact that yesterday folks who do some of the uh, personal health and wellness got not a, 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 a direction from the governor, but from the State Department of Health, uh, that they can't do facials. They can't do things where uh, massage therapists and, and uh, facials, where they touch the person. Why not? That those are restricted. I have no <laughs> idea. Well, they see they had the green light up to yesterday, and they're starting to ramp up with appointments, and, and have already had appointments. And now they're finding out that it's a no-touch right, mode. So is, what are they going to say? The chiropractors can't practice? I uh, don't know. Well, chiropractors can, you know, wear gloves and ma- everybody mask up. And and they can do the same thing. A massage right. therapist can do the same thing. I agree. It, it doesn't seem right. Well, plus, it's it's a new direction. It's a new guidance that nobody expected. Well, I mean, the times, and I, I'll admit, I've, I'm a big fan of chiropractic. I go to a, a chiropractor, and when I have an issue, and I've never gone to one that hasn't got fixed what I went there for. And so if I need to go to one, I want to be able to go to one. All right, one listener says, do I hear correctly that there's going to be federal background checks for law enforcement officers? No, I did not say that. They are going to be required in Pennsylvania's proposed change in the law to have more thorough background checks. Currently, they don't have to, a police department doesn't have to look into the background as to precisely why a, a prospective police officer was uh, let go, terminated, or resigned from the previous department, but he or she would undergo a more thorough background check according to this legislation. But federal background check? I would think that would but be But you something. already do. And among the checks that a police officer has to go through is a psychological profile. You know, so if, if they yeah, don't catch it, don't and you, you don't hire, nobody hires a police officer who fails a psychological profile. They just don't hire them. Here's an excerpt of Governor Tom Wolf, who's on the radio this morning, was asked uh, the question, uh, some legislators who approved the Resolution 836 and sent it on to the Secretary of the Commonwealth, and now it's being decided in Commonwealth Court, some of those legislators say, oh, you can stop doing the social distancing and masking. It's all over now. It's all been decided. But here's what the governor was able to spit out about that. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and I guess uh, they, they probably believe there's such a thing as a magic wand as well. I mean, our Constitution is pretty clear on this. I guess the Supreme Court will have a chance to weigh in on this, but uh, I, I don't know what, what they've been drinking or smoking. Uh, the the, the yeah, Some people wonder that about the governor, too. Oh, well, <laughs> he, you know, this has revealed one thing about him. He, he's not a decisive assertive public speaker. I'm trying to be gentle <laughs> about this. But, uh, yeah, this isn't his speciality. 
anyway. He might be a good policymaker, but... Uh, well, you know, the, the the entire hypocrisy of the governor being able to march in a protest in Harrisburg... He admits and, that was a little inconsistent. Yeah, it is, and, <laughs> and it's the same thing. The, the stories, NBC got called out over the weekend for running a very favorable story about the demonstrations over the George Floyd death, and then at the same next sentence condemning President Trump for going to hold a rally because of the COVID-19 situation. Right, read this. We'll take the break. we got one call Sorry, coming in. And just turned you off. Ready. Can't listen to Wolf's garbage anymore. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We have had very patient callers waiting. We start with Van, who's on the mark. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Morning, Van. Good morning. How are, good morning. How are you guys doing? Hanging in. How about you, buddy? I'm hanging in, too. Enjoying right. the sunshine. <laughs> I've never seen such a bunch of confusion in my life. I mean, we, we're in the green in this area, you know, and way back when in March there where they shut the, the schools down, for, or shut everything down for two weeks, they literally could have gone back to school after those two weeks in this area and had no problem. So now we're green, and they're talking about not allowing these kids to go back to school in the fall. Oh, that's not time. happening. No, they're not talking about that per se. They're just... Uh, that's so among the options, work. right? He's saying full-time. You know, Van's saying they're not allowing Right, they're talking about that idea. But the goal now is to move forward and have everybody back in school all day. Yeah, and, but I, I see, and I'm sure you guys do too, as I drive around, I see people wearing masks while they're driving, and I just want to holler, are you an idiot or, or what? <laughs> well, I'll You're tell you why I do that. In your car with a mask. I'll tell you and why I do that. I'll tell you why I do that, Van, and this hopefully. Um, for me to put the mask on properly, I have to put it on without my glasses on, and then put it, uh, you know, the mask high, and then my glasses over it, and I use croquis to hold the glasses tight so my glasses don't fog. If I'm running errands from store to store, it is much faster to just leave the mask on than to take well, it off so you could see me behind the wheel with the mask on. So that's why I do mm -hmm. that. And like I said, are you an idiot? <laughs> well, some days, absolutely. Mean, but honestly, you know, there's neurologists that are coming out now and other doctors are coming out and saying that by doing this, it's causing you to breathe back in the CO2 your body's trying to expel. And what it's doing is lowering the, lowering the oxygen level. And Mark, you might want to think about this because I know a guy that fell asleep and wrecked his car. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're saying that because of that, the low oxygen levels in your body can right. cause you to fall asleep. But well, we interviewed yeah. a doc, a Geisinger doc, who said, well, that is true. There's more breathe, he called it breathe back when you're doing that, but your body adjusts automatically and keeps you with the same oxygen level. You know, you take deeper well, breaths. And, and again, it's, it's like, I don't know if you ever wear a gas mask, but you really have to suck in to pull air into your system and <clears> it's <throat> very difficult to breathe. So it does stress your body out wearing a gas mask. But there's, and again, like like here it is with Fox News or MSNBC, <laughs> you get opposing viewpoints. But what makes sense? You know, other doctors are saying it lowers the oxygen level. Some doctors, and well, it doesn't. Your your doctor you listen to it doesn't. What is more believable? What makes sense? And that's what? the thing. You know, it, we we went out to eat the other day, and we walk into the restaurant, no mask on. Every every person working in the restaurant has to wear a mask. You know, why do they have to wear a mask and we don't? I mean, because supposedly I'm protecting people by wearing my mask. 
I no longer have to wear my mask, and now I'm not protecting the people. So what? Well, you should, get... uh, Ben. I've been in restaurants where uh, uh, I was in one just the other day where it said, "We strongly recommend you wear a mask while placing your order and while circulating through the restaurant. If you do not have a mask, ask a staff member for one." So I think they recommend that you you're supposed to wear them when you go in and up until the time your food arrives, and then you may take your mask off and then eat and then put your mask back on and leave. Well, and then there is another contradiction because we were told that masks now, when you're in the green, you don't have to wear them. You may choose to, but you don't have to. So what, you know, this this stuff, you know, with, with Governor Wolf and his edicts and stuff, he, he makes no sense. He contradicts himself, and then he wants to trash talk people that don't agree with him, and he's been so wishy-washy with the whole thing, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he hasn't exactly been a pillar of uh, consistency. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, well. But, yeah, I sure do hope for the kids' sake that they do get to go back to school. I still feel sorry for the kids. I had a, a great niece that, that graduated this year, and, and, you know, she was going to Sun Area Technical Institute. So there's, there's something to think about, too, when you have a tech school. How are the kids supposed to, to have an education if they're forced to, to do, a, you know, learning from home? How do you right. pull that off? Well, all right. it's a new world out there for the time being, Van. We're going to have to try and figure all this out. But all I right. agree with you. The governor well, should be giving better direction. Thank you so much well, for back. calling in, Van. Really appreciate the call. Okay. 1-800-795-9565. Dick is next uh, from Milton. You are on the mark. Go right ahead. I just wanted to make a quick comment about the chiropractors. I live two doors away from a chiropractor, and the, even during the red, I mean, he was he was pretty busy all the time. So I'm assuming that unlike a regular doctor at MD or a DO, people aren't going in there and just sitting down for conversations. They must be going in there you know, for some kind of treatment. Sure. I would hope. I mean, so obviously, <laughs> when you say about how the chiropractor, what are they going to do now, I, I don't think they ever stop. Well, the point I was trying to make is they said that people give facial massages or regular it's massages can't, hands on. can't I heard that, but then and, and you mentioned about chiropractors. Right. My point was, even, and I'm, I live I live so close to the parking lot, people could drive in my yard or in their yard next to me. But my point being is it's a, there's been people there throughout the red, throughout the yellow, and back right into the green. And I'm assuming that most of them were going there for some kind of manipulations or spinal adjustments or whatever. Because, yeah. I, mean, I mean, how many people would just walk into the chiropractor and sit there for conversation? That's just not going to happen. <laughs> Unlike, he's not doing blood work, he's not doing blood work, you're not going to get blood, tri- blood yeah. results and stuff like that, like you would for a regular doctor. My, my chiropractor is a friend of mine, but I wouldn't go into his office and just sit down and chat with him unless I had a reason. That's, that's my point. <laughs> and, and, they, and they never stopped during the red. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, that was my whole point. Yeah. I All mean, right. there's, I could look out the door right now. There's probably five, six, seven cars down there right now. I didn't look, but I'm almost positive to that. All there right. you okay. go. Thanks, Thanks Dick. Thank Appreciate you so much. your call as always. Put Stan on the radio, I do believe. Right. Stan, are you there? Oh, oh, hold on, buddy. I got to. Yep, hold on. Hold on. Got to get rid of Dick. Yeah, he's hanging. Uh, there we go. Don't cut it up. He's there. Yeah, there okay. you go. Go ahead. You there now? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you had to. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I can. Uh, just a question, Mark. I text you, and, and oh. I swear that when you were reading the top of the news hour, the stuff that the legislature is doing about police reforms or whatever, you said that they were going to require new candidates to go through a federal background check. I could be wrong. I might have misheard you. Okay. That's what I heard. Okay. My question is, if that's the case, what have they been doing? 
Why wouldn't they already be requiring that? Considering if a person goes in to purchase a firearm, they need to do that. And these guys are going to be carrying firearms while on duty and off to do their job. Joe, do they need to do that's federal all, background checks? So that was my checks? only question. Not that I'm aware of. Not now. So they're not. And that's not proposed. But, I mean, you, let me put it to you this way. They do a background check on police officer candidates. Now, the extent of that depends on either the Civil Service Commission, what they do, or what the chief of police does, or however you have it set up in the municipality. Now, that may include contacting the FBI just generally to see if they have anything on the candidate, but I don't consider that to be a federal background check. It's not initiated by the feds. It's initiated by the municipality doing the hiring. All right, and the right. AP copy right. for so the. What you're, what, what you're telling me is there was no consistency in how things were done across the state. No, I'm telling you that there are. If you run a background check on somebody, there's a certain amount of due diligence involved. Now that can that can be a great deal of a background check, or it can be a little background check, but there has to be one. And usually, they will contact the FBI, the state police, and every other agency that might have some evidence of prior criminal activity or wrongdoing and check to see whether they have anything on that person. Sometimes they'll okay. check credit information, too, to make sure that they have no financial woes. They will give them a psychological profile to make sure that, theoretically, they're stable. Okay, so what's the purpose of the legislation they're doing requiring uh, this, whatever they're requiring? Let's see. This came out of the House Judiciary Committee. It would mandate thorough background checks for law enforcement officers and require applicants' former employers to provide information on their job history. They also approved a different measure that would mandate training on how to interact with people of various racial, ethnic, and economic backgrounds. Well, a lot of police officers come from the military. They've gotten out of the, uh, you know, the United States Army, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, Coast Guard something like that, and they apply right. for a job as a police officer. So, I mean, it's easy to check their background there because many of them are military police or have some specific kind of training. I don't think that's open to, right. I don't think I, that's that, open that, to local that's, police. Okay. That, I mean, that's, that's what I just wondered. So, basically, what the state's trying to do is, is, is create some sort of overall standard across the state is what the legislature, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out because... Okay, you say they're getting a background check, which is fine. I understand that. But evidently there's been no state standard for all police departments, whether it's state police or locals, that they have to comply with. There may be some general rule. I mean, obviously there is a rule that they have to do a background check. You know, that okay. it, it is required that there be a background check, but I don't believe that it spells out in great graphic detail every element of that background check. And a lot of that is left up to the municipality that's doing the hiring. So that's what they're trying to maybe fix now? And that's a, that makes sense. I think there should be national standards all the way around. Contact Dave Millard. He'll get you squared away. He'll tell you what's in it and what's not. <laughs> all right. I'm, sorry, I'm just curious. I mean, when you put that out there, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But since you explained it, so I basically figure now that they're trying to make some sort of statewide standard so that everybody's on the same page, which is very understandable. Now, if they just do it for schools, we could get on with our year. <laughs> are you saying, Stan, <laughs> Stan, are you saying I had to read it slower so you could understand it? Is that what I'm no, doing? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I just, missed, I, I just caught the part where you said federal, you know, background different checks, background right. checks, and it made no sense to me that 
Well, geez, I would figure they would already do them. Right, and you have to pay 25 bucks for them. No, just kidding. You do not. Okay. Thank you so much, Stan. Appreciate the call. All right. Uh, That takes care of that. Uh, Read that text, Joe, if you would, and then we'll take the break. Standby call. All right. It says, I always always like how the anti-Trumpers always say he's divided the country, yet they're the ones since day one that have been part of the resistance movement to... um, by by blame to blame oh blame okay that's an L okay blame and hate on Trump no matter what he does what do they think they've been doing they've been dividing the country instead of working with Trump for the betterment of the country is that what happens to every president whoever didn't vote for him says okay I'm going to oppose you from day one well we used to have what we called the loyal opposition but I don't believe the opposition these days is so loyal anymore well and, yeah it's, and plus I think it, we're more divided now than we ever were before. Well, we've been pretty divided during the Civil War. <laughs> I don't remember that. You'll have to tell us about that when we come back. 1-800-795-9565. Joe's going to harken back to his days during the Civil War and tell us about the Great Divide. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, 1-800-79. Oh, scratch, scratch the phone number. I guess we're going to be done. Go ahead and read the email. And All then right. Mike. Dan says, the answer to who do you trust about going back to school and gathering in large amounts? Scientists, those who study epidemiology, the doctors, and others. Remember that almost all network bloviators are not doctors. All right. Okay. Uh, except Fair for enough. Sanjay Gupta. Who is a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he goes by... Dr. Gupta. Gupta, Mike, you're on the mark. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Every day I get up, and I find it hard to believe that I could be more appalled today about what's going on than I was the day before. And the latest is a coach in the NBA, and I think the headline read something like, Popovich Blast, and it was to a coach and an owner of a team for contributing to Donald Trump. Now, what is the purpose of an NBA coach blasting uh, executives and coaches of other uh, teams, football teams, for contributing to Donald Trump? I mean, I thought this was America. I thought that people had a right to support who they wanted to support, you know. And, and, and number two, why is that even newsworthy? Why is that, you know, on the callers <laughs> on the TV and on the headlines of, uh, you know, the different social media things and and news agencies. It just, to me, I'm wondering where we're going. We'd like to I mean, accentuate. Am I, defective? am I defective because I voted for Donald <laughs> Trump and intend to uh, vote for him again? I think we're trying to foment division. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we are. I think we're doing a good job. But I think 
basically the, the, the role of the media right now, the mainstream media is to undermine Donald Trump, undermine the people that voted for him, shame them and put them down so that they think there's something wrong with them for, for voting for Donald Trump. And, and it's, it's really bad. You know, and the, and the reason I called, my wife just rolled in the driveway, and she told me that you guys had a caller on, to, uh, and, and this caller was talking about the discrepancy between what's going on in Seattle and the way MSNBC is reporting it. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that, that's, that's really appalling. When we can't rely on news to give the news, it has to be slanted and editorialized. Uh, I, I think that's more of an attack on a free society than anything. Well, and we've muddied completely the line between news and commentary these days. By blending them together, people are never really sure what it is they're hearing. All right, Mike, uh, we'll give you the last word. We've got to get another caller going in, but go right ahead. Okay, I, I think we're kind of at the end of, the, the end of things here when the New York Times has to ridicule their editor and basically fire him because he allowed a conservative point of view yeah. in support of Donald Trump be published in the newspaper. Yeah, that was weird. That was. There I must have been more to it. No, it's just the it's New York Times that. being okay. the New York That's Times. It it's funny, their COVID coverage has been award-winningly outstanding. I like, I like the way uh, Senator Cotton referred to them. He called them the, they were uh, they were assaulted by the woke child mob. <laughs> and right. wokeism is the new religion. That's it, yeah. baby. <laughs> Get woke. All right, thank you so Get much, woke. Mike. Really thank appreciate you, Mike. it checking in and being a great listener. Hey, we want you to visit sunburymotors.com to see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. That means hundreds of vehicles are in perfect condition. And if you do not need a new vehicle, you can go touch-free at the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They have a touchless car wash there, a touchless body shop, touchless mechanics. They can fix your motor without even touching it. It's quite a sight to see. They can pump you up with nitrogen uh, from six feet away. Is that touchless too? It is. Everything's touchless. It's sort of the nature of things today. They don't want to make sure that if you got any ailments that you don't give it to them and vice versa but they're all tested and screened and good to go the cars are clean the garage is sanitized the waiting room has a couple of seats left in it thanks to the distancing thing uh, but if you want to catch a half an episode of general hospital you can sit in the waiting room or just utilize the good wi-fi there or go out and look at your new vehicle look for that new bronco that'll be coming soon you can check it out at sunburymotors.com the important thing is that you can select your perfect vehicle online purchase it online Go to the Quick Lane, make the appointment online. Uh, you can click on the Works Fuel Saver package online. You can get pumped up with nitrogen via the internet. Well, I guess that's done in person. But nonetheless, they would love to help you uh, online or in person at Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotor.com. Uh, Eric, go right ahead. You get the last minute. Go ahead. You're on the mark. Thanks, Dylan, for taking my call. Uh, we are an opinion show. I understand that. But I think we need to interject facts where we can. Uh, a few callers ago, your your uh, your person calling in said we could have opened the schools after two weeks, based upon what? We two weeks into this whole thing, we didn't know what was going on. Facts, gentlemen. Here are the facts. Pennsylvania act quickly and decisively to shut things down. Our numbers are far lower than New York. Pennsylvania continues to stay the course, and our numbers are now far lower than the resurgence happening in Texas and Florida. 
stay the course, Pennsylvania. We're doing the right thing. Oh, well said. Okay. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for calling tomorrow in. Tomorrow I'll tell you why I disagree. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll bring that up tomorrow. Stay the course. Thank you, Joe. We'll see you in the morning. We have open phones for 90 minutes tomorrow. This is WDK. Okay, Sunbury.